Welcome to the Be Free RE podcast, where you learn how to make your job optional. I'm your host, John, who's just getting started on his journey. But in the last year, I moved across the country, bought four apartments, make money as a landlord, no longer pay rent, and I have my first child. I'm joined by your co-host and my guide, Tony Angotti, who in five years quit his job and now manages over 80 units through a combination of house hacks, flips, and partnerships. So with that, let's jump into how you can do less of what you have to do and more of what you want to do. Tony, what's happening, man? Wildlife problems. (laughs) Okay. I'm imagining you... Uh, I, I actually, I have no idea what to imagine. That's a little too, <laughs> it's not, uh, not safe for TV. We, we have an apartment where two possums moved in. Uh, we didn't screen them very well. They uh, they ended up having three baby possums. Oh, they're in love. And uh, they're, they're peeing and pooping everywhere. Oh, so man. that's interesting. We uh, dispatched a pest guy. Um. So it's interesting because at least here in Pittsburgh, you can't really find a catch-all pest person. So there's pest people that handle bugs and mice and stuff. And then there's like crazy pest people that (laughs) handle all the weird stuff that comes up. So I called one of those guys, my normal go-to, uh, lives in the backwoods guy yeah. and he was like yeah Tony I uh I can't get there for three weeks but you know them possums they're actually not that big of a deal you, you actually want them on the property you know not in the property but on the property because they take care of all the other critters and that's my backwoods guy voice it's probably not very bad but oh, yeah, yeah. Got it. <laughs> um but basically what he told me was that possums are not aggressive Apparently, they eat 95% of the ticks and fleas that are on their body and that the tenants shouldn't really worry about it until he gets there. And I was kind of like, well, there's only three of you in the city and I'll call the other one. So I called another guy um, because obviously I can't tell the tenants, hey, this crazy guy told me, don't worry about the possums, just maybe bake them some cookies and bring them down to the basement. I don't know. Um, (laughs) So this guy shows up, he puts out some traps, and the tenants texted me last night in a tizzy at like 11.50, all mad. They were like, one of the possums is in the trap, but they need to put more traps out than just one. Blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, I don't know. So... Um, I'm like he's a professional I mean I don't know how you get certifications in a possum management but uh, but yeah so it's still ongoing and today I get a message from the office and it says that such and such turned in a health complaint to the, the health whatever it is the uh, health department and I'm looking at it and I'm like seriously guys you told me about this, like, within 24 hours, probably 48 hours, because I had to find the second guy, I sent somebody to put traps out, and you're still turning us in the health department? Like, how unreasonable can you be? It's not like we were sitting on our hands, 
And then I told them, I was like, what else do you want me to do? And they're like, we don't think he did the appropriate things to catch the possums. And I'm like, oh, so now you're a possum expert. I little do I know everybody's an expert in possums out here. Um, <laughs> must just be a normal everyday thing that people run into. I don't know. Ugh. Long story short, I guess tomorrow I've got to call the health department and be like, have this big long conversations about possums. Maybe I'll put him in touch with the first guy and he can tell him the health department how it's not a big deal. There's possums in the basement because they're not aggressive. I don't know. But yeah, so that's that's an ongoing struggle right now. I will say the babies are not uncute. I don't know. What do you see? Text pictures of them? <laughs> they said, yeah. I asked people to send pictures of everything. And the tenants sent me pictures of the baby possums. Oh, man. I don't know if they named them, but. You might as well, right? Here's my yeah. question Some people say opossum. What's that about? <laughs> I think they're different. You should call the pest guy. Uh, I'm sure he knows it's different. One's the boy, one's the girl. Actually, what I'll ask is, can you hold 10% of his uh, pay until he answers the question? You know, give him a 10% holdback until he answers my opossum trivia. <laughs> We're in this together, Tony. Don't be selfish. Exactly. There you go. Um, and then I told this story to another realtor, and he said that in Florida, his customer um, bought a house, and the house actually has turtles under the like in the crawl space yeah and yeah. a pair and apparently you can't just like go out and get rid of them because they're endangered or something so you need to hire one of like two people in the entire area to go safely remove the turtles so I think it's funny because it's like every realtor and person down there needs to have like a turtle guy so it's like that guy's only job is turtle removal. It's like dirty jobs right there. I'm I'm a turtle removal expert technician. I don't know. Yeah, but. I feel like being an expert in invasive species in Florida is like probably rock solid job as long as you don't mind handling pythons all the time. Probably. I imagined the turtle expert being that dude from the Tiger King. Not not Joe Exotic, but the other guy with the like no teeth. That's and all exactly the tattoos who I was thinking of when you were talking about <laughs> your guy. Cause, yeah. Yeah, he used to be like an exterminator, right? And he was like, I mean, this is like way better. Like, <laughs> way yeah. more demand and you get to eat them afterwards. Oh man. <laughs> I don't know. But uh but yeah, I will say that that actual guy in real life is just this kind old man, and I don't know where he lives, but probably a farm somewhere. Yeah, man. People, yeah, those people are tend to be the like the best to work with, <laughs> but they have their own uh, timelines. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> as, as for sure. Uh, well, uh, we got a couple calls today. We got Mike calling in about uh, trying to figure out you know, kind of what's the threshold of uh, DIY versus not, you know, what, what, what should you be doing? What should you be outsourcing? And then we have surprise, another question about contractors and how to better manage their uh, <laughs> communication arrival, et cetera, et cetera. So let's jump into uh, Mike's question. He's calling in from Baltimore. Real estate question for you. 
there's a lot of home repair and building projects that I can do myself through YouTube. Through your experience, is there any kind of work that you would recommend just leaving to a professional? Thanks. Bye. All right, Tony. What kind of work should Mike be leaving to a professional besides opossums? How much do you think Mike wants to burn his house down? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know. Um, I mean, usually you're looking at stuff that's like health and safety related to the house you definitely don't want to touch. So anything anything that's going to cause large-scale damage, um, possibility to the house, or like pretty significant water infiltration kind of stuff. I mean, electrical is an obvious thing. Unless you don't value your life, I wouldn't touch the actual wiring. However, putting up a light or a ceiling fan or something is probably not that big of a deal. Take that for what you will, though, because I talked to a firefighter and he said something like, I don't know, nine or ten percent of the house fires are related to ceiling fans. <laughs> okay. um, bro, don't quote my statistics, but it was more it was more than you thought. I like and the I nine like, or ten percent. It's like, what are we running like a fire hedging operation here? Over under nine and a half percent. Yeah, there you go. Um, I don't know. I play a, I play a game with some people who they're all firefighters, so it's kind of funny um, to ask them questions about this stuff. We had a a washer fire once, or a dryer fire. A washer fire would be kind of counterintuitive, <laughs> very, right? Very impressive. <laughs> very, yeah. I guess they the really could, wanted the to catch that on fire. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but a dryer fire, and they were like, oh, idiots, they probably didn't clean out the lid trap. That's every time. And I'm like, you guys experience these on a regular basis? This is my first one. Useful group to talk to, but very pessimistic about people's abilities. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so electrical, anything that involves the panel box or actual wiring that's fairly complicated, I probably wouldn't touch. Um, simple stuff that's just pop one out, pop something in. That's a little bit easier to kind of do it yourself, I think. Um, as long as you have somebody to pay attention to that knows what they're doing. That's something I probably wouldn't learn from YouTube. I would ask somebody that actually has a better idea of what they're doing before you touch it. Um, Plumbing is going to be a big thing. Plumbing that's actual water lines and sewer lines, especially sewer lines. Um, the water lines are pretty easy if you didn't do it right. It You turn the water on and it spits everywhere. So it's pretty obvious if you have a problem. But sewer lines a lot of times I think leak more slowly. So it could just be like a slow leak. And then anything that's in your walls is going to cause mold. Additionally, if this isn't your own house, there's the health department to think of too because all that kind of stuff is supposed to be inspected by the health department or done by a master plumber, at least in our area. Um, yeah. Roofing, you know, I'd probably wouldn't put on a whole new roof. Replacing a shingle or something's not that bad, but putting on a whole new roof, probably wouldn't want to do that. I don't even know why you would want to fall off your roof. I guess if you, you know, if you really want to save some money and it's worth your life, then perhaps do it. But, I'm not I'm not crawling around the roof. Um, what are some other things you can think of? I mean, pretty much anything that requires like 
actual trading. <laughs> yeah, I think of this as, uh, I guess, like, should you be doing anything, right? Like, are you trying to build out, like, a, are you trying to build, like, a business? Or are you trying to, like, you know, you're doing your first house or your second place? But I think you need to reach a point where even if you can do it, maybe you shouldn't be doing it anymore. And you need to actually build the skill of hiring the right people and evaluating people. So that's that's kind of the first question I would ask. If you are in that phase where you need to learn how to do it so that you can hire the people, I basically think like there's stuff sort of like what you alluded to with water where like, okay, let's assume this breaks and I can't use this anymore. What happens next? So like, yeah, if you have a tenant and you're working on the electricity and you like mess it up, <laughs> then you need to call an electrician. You know, that's you don't want to be in that situation, right? But like, if you're in your own house and like, you know, you're working on freshwater plumbing, and you know that your freshwater shutoff valve works, then yeah, hmm. you know, you can kind of turn it off and like learn a little. And if it doesn't work, you know, you're like call you gotta, the plumber. <laughs> yeah, call the plumber. You're gonna have to shower at the gym or your buddy's house for a day, and like you know, buy one of those five gallon things of fresh water. So like, you know, just think, you know, kind of plan for the worst. And, uh, you know, like if you're trying to learn how to patch drywall, for example, pretty minimal, right? Let's say it goes wrong. You just have a bigger hole, <laughs> not that big a deal. Uh, but yeah, uh, like electricity, I was working on, a wiring an exterior light, turned off all the switches on a super old house and uh still got electrocuted even you though my, my switches were off so but did you turn off the breaker yeah i turned the breaker off uh, was it, it on the other unit no it's just a super old uh switch in the breaker and uh it was still hot you didn't turn off the main uh i had i had it i had it off and like i have one of those hot pens you know what i'm talking about when uh -huh, you touch it yeah the sniffer. <clears throat> yeah, sure. The sniffer. I was getting no beeps off that guy. He was good. He was quiet. And I went in there, and for whatever reason, that thing was still hot. So I don't know if it just arced off down there or whatever, but that was a wake-up call. And uh, yeah, I called the electrician over, and he's like, yeah, I don't even mess with these panels, bro. I'm not your guy. <laughs> I was like, roger that. <laughs> so, hmm. you know, there's, uh, there's, you know, like, uh, for example, my father's friend in college, he was trimming his own tree and he died so there's like you know there's stuff that's like literally very consequential uh i remember my uncle tried to work on his own uh like utility line uh i guess it was just a 240 line uh for electricity and he cut it with i don't know something uh and he got electrocuted so hard that it like blasted the the snips that he had in his hand sheer across the room <laughs> so, did he die he didn't die he told me the story so yeah wow. man you know nuts we'll we'll summarize it with this anything that involves liability either to someone else or yourself or property damage you probably should not do unless you're supervised by someone that knows what they're doing yeah i think you know, uh, pretty much everything except for like electricity 
something that involves heights and wastewater, I think you can give it a shot. You can do your fresh water, but you have to make sure that your main shutoff valve doesn't work. So, or does work. So if that thing doesn't work, and then things go south, you're in a whole shit storm. So, well, I guess yeah. not literally. You're in fresh water. Well, the other stuff would be like anything that involves fire. So like your hot water tank or your furnace, like don't mess around with that either. Yeah, I didn't even. Yeah, that's yeah. why we'll like do. I think catch all of stuff that doesn't create liability. <laughs> probably a decent one yeah. or if you're doing something like that and you want to learn have someone there that knows what they're doing yeah. to be there with you because it's nice to learn the only way to learn is by doing but if you don't have if your only teacher is youtube youtube is great don't get me wrong but i mean but it's not that great <laughs> it's not that great it's, it's <laughs> yeah. very good for what it is but yeah yeah you'll blow yourself off of your utility line You'll just, instead of the shears, it'll be you flying off the side of your house. Yeah. So I'm sure that really answered his questions. So I think to summarize, uh, <laughs> we need a better way to summarize this. But and anything where you're thinking, oh, man, I could really explode my house, electrocute myself, or create sewage everywhere. <laughs> Rethink it. <laughs> or fire. Yeah, or fire. Well, that was death. Explode my house, but yeah. All right. Well, that, I'm sure that was very helpful. That was very useful and very helpful. Yeah, we're we're, we're the best. All right. So our next call is going to be from Vince. He's out in uh, California. Um, he's in Hawthorne, and he has questions about a contractor who is being a contractor. Hi. Yeah, I was wondering what's a um, good approach for managing contractors and having them stay on task and finishing tasks on time. Um, would be generally on rehab projects and finding that even with a lot of time and communication with them, sometimes workers just don't show or they're not being overly communicative. Um, that would be super helpful. Thanks. Bye. So I guess, do you think that a refrigerator full of Miller Lite that gets refilled for free and a napping cot would help? <laughs> I'm like 50-50 uh, on that, actually. I don't know. About it might get them to show up. I will say there's little stuff like giving them a radio. I'd show up. That actually helps. Uh, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> a radio. Um, if you have a Miller Lite fridge that only fills up at the end of the day, that might work. That's true. Unless they're a Coors guy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway. I think we talked about this on a few in the past, but setting those like carrots and also sticks kind of helps in your contracts. So carrots, as far as like, if you finish early, I'll give you a bonus. Like if you finish a week early, I'll give you $500 extra. But then also if you want to do like something on the back end too, that says, you know, if you go over by this much time, I'm going to reduce this much. I've also told contractors recently, we started doing this. We said, if you don't finish on time, we're going to hire someone else to finish. And we're going to deduct that from what we pay you. So like you have to finish on time. The other thing with this too, that helps both of those incentives and punishments is that when you talk to them, tell them that you're going to do that up front and then tell them like, so I don't care if you tell me today before you start 
that it's going to take you six weeks, eight weeks. I'm just telling you that whatever timeline you give me, I'm going to hold you to. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to keep you from doing this job just because it's going to take you longer. I want you to be realistic so that we're all happy. And then if they can't hold themselves to the own timeline that they give, then that's not someone that's very reliable or self-motivated. I mean, sometimes stuff comes up and obviously there are rare instances that happens, but I find that most people that go over are always over. For instance, as a realtor, if I tell somebody I'm going to have it to them tomorrow, I either have it for them tomorrow or I tell them, hey, sorry, I couldn't get to this today because of this, that, or the other thing, but I will get it to you by this time. At least a response. With the contractors that don't follow up, it's like you don't even get an answer until you question them. It's like they should at least be proactive with why they're delayed. I don't know. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, you basically can't change people would be my, my thought. So, like, you just know when you have it or know when you don't. It sounds like this guy is a, doesn't have it, or gal. Um, so to me, that's just like the first thing, right? It's like recognize you're probably not in the right situation. It's not really your job to motivate this person. That's why you're paying them. So, you know, like there's no silver bullet here other than like picking the right contractor earlier in the process, in my opinion. And uh, not paying them everything up front. <laughs> yeah, I am a little curious on like, you know, just basically not paying them uh, and like I, you know I guess your choices are like basically overtly fire them right and like exit the transaction amicably or um, you basically like halt payment on them but I don't know that just doesn't feel like the right thing to do though but I'm you know I guess what I'm saying is they don't have like a ton of recourse they're not going to take you to court or anything like that but they can do a mechanics lien if they actually did work yeah but in this instance, they didn't even do the work. So, like, I mean, what are they going to do? Yeah. You could pay, you would pay them for whatever's fair when you cut ties. Like, if they, if they bought material or something and delivered it and you didn't pay them up front for that material, then it's like, okay, leave the material here. I'm going to pay you for it. And that's that. We're done. I'm hiring somebody to finish what you started. Um, yeah. And yeah. I think, uh, you know, this just to recycle stuff we've said in the past too, you know, easing people into a project is good. You know, that way it's like, hey, I want you to install, I don't know, whatever, this new tub and new vanity, you know, before you bless them on the whole, all the work you're trying to do. That way you can get a sense for how they work, you know, what kind of communication you need. Like some, some contractors straight up just like won't do email. And if you're an email person, for whatever reason, you need email. You know, like you got to find people that communicate the way you do too. So even if they're good, you know, sometimes they're not the right fit for you just because of your communication needs, and your picture needs. If you're out of state, for example, so you know, work them in on a small job, figure it out, and then I'm totally with Tony on like just be super upfront. I basically say like, hey, how, when do you think it'll be done? And then I give them three days extra on that, and I say if you can finish within the, your three day estimate, this is on a big project basically you know, then I'll give you your, I'll give you like a 10%, you know, on time bonus, basically. And that's like, that's their estimate plus three days. So, you know, super generous. 
So, you know, you, yeah. there's tons of ways to figure out how to do it. And then, yeah, I, you know, I take it out of their ass if they're late then. I'm like, you know, then you have five days to get it done. And then after that, then you start owing me money, basically. You know? Yeah. But this is also why I don't flip houses. I mean, yeah. I hate, like, yeah. there's things you can do, but when you're trying to not pay a lot of money, and ultimately that's the, the problem here, right? You're trying to find somebody who's, like, reasonably priced. And we've talked about it before, but it's the good, fast, cheap thing. Pick two. It's yeah. like you don't get all three. So usually cheap is in there. It's almost always one of them. Yeah. And then it's like, now it's what do you want, good or fast? And my preference is usually I'd rather have it done well. And then I'll sacrifice a little bit of the time um, or I'll pay more. Like I'm not necessarily as cheap as I used to be just because... I don't need to be number one and number two, it's just not worth my time following up on all of it. Like I, I hate all the follow up, all the questions. We have one guy who actually does pretty good work. He's cheap, but trying to get a hold of the guy is terrible. Like he just disappears for a week, goes camping or something and you can't get a hold of him. Yeah. And then it's like, then he comes back and he's like, Hey, finish the job. And it's so cheap that in some ways it's worth it, but it's like, I'm past that now. I'm done. I like, yeah. I'm not even old, but I feel like I hit that 60 year old stage where you're just like, I don't care anymore. Like I'm not just, no, no, thanks. Don't have the patience anymore. Yeah. There's a mental cost to like spinning that plate, you know, like, is it done or is it not, you know, and keeping track of that. Yeah. yeah. It takes I'm, energy. Jerry Seinfeld has a new stand up and, uh, he said he turned 50 and he's like, I'm at the point now where I can just say no to things. Like, I don't even need an excuse. He's like, I love 50. I just say no. He's <laughs> like, I just, somebody asked me to do something. I don't even give an explanation. I just say no. And he said, I can't wait till I hit, till I hit my seventies and eighties because then you don't even need to say anything. You just shake your head and give a wave and that's it. And I'm like, I'm, I'm real close are? to, the, I'm real close to that point. Somewhere between no and shake my head and wave. Uh. <laughs> well, I'm happy for you. This this industry mentally ages you. Like it just, it makes you a grumpy old person way faster than you otherwise would be. <laughs> In an entertaining way. It's uh, dude, working with people, man. People, much. the solution to and cause of all of life's problems. Ah. <sighs> All right, man. Well, I think that's a good recap. So, Vince, uh, I, I think basically the summary is you're screwed. You should renegotiate <laughs> your contract with this person earlier on. And, uh, you know. The, Off with their head. Yeah. The small things you can do are basically, uh, you know, trying to ease them in next time. And, you know, just remember this next time you're getting contractor quotes, you know, and uh, look for patterns. Look for, you know. Did they kind of do give you the one-two shuffle before they started the work or all that? Yeah. And the big thing there too, big takeaway from, for me would be it just, if it's a really big project incentives and penalties mm-hmm. like written down and signed, and then it's very clear set and set those incentives and penalties based on the contractor's initial expectation. When I was coaching hockey, I found that, if we had the kids set their own goals, all you had to do to motivate them was say, at the beginning of the season, you said you would do this. 
Like that wasn't my goal. That wasn't your parents' goal. That was your goal. So why are you not working hard enough to achieve that? I didn't set that for you. That was you. People are more motivated when they have to stick to something that they said they were going to do, not something that you are holding them to. Mm. I'm imagining you doing like a goal setting exercise with your contractors before they start. (laughs) That'd be funny. Do like what I did with the kids and coaching. We, uh, we would say like, what's your goal? And every year it was, let's win a championship. And it's like, okay, well, you want to win a championship. Like, what do you have to do to win a championship? You have to win all these games. Well, what do you have to do to win the games? You have to show up and practice. You have to practice hard. You have to do all those things. Do that with the contractors. I'm sure they would love that. Maybe if they had free Miller Lite involved. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I would love it too if there was free Miller Lite involved. Who am I kidding? (laughs) Yeah. That that seems to be the real advice here. Just get drunk. Yeah. Some, some some form of uh, bribery with Miller Lite and yeah. uh, incentive based contracts. So there you go. <laughs> there may or may not be combined. Yeah, you know, up to you. All right. Yes, yeah, so that's cool. Well, I think those are the only questions we got today, Tony. So we're gonna roll into what's something that you learned this week. Something that I learned this week. Yeah. Um, I learned that time management can be a struggle, but we won't make that my topic. So what's something you learned this week? Will I figure out something for me? Mm, something I learned this week, we had a contractor install shower surround and, uh, the tenant complained that they had this like yellow leak from the caulk line on the bottom where the surround meets the tub. So I went in and I checked it out and they just ran a really thin bead. So I thought probably not a big deal, but going in, it happened again. Tenant has been awesome about telling us about this, but basically they like didn't apply silicone to the shower, shower, how do you say it? Shower surround. They used yeah. liquid nails and just like stuck it to the wall. So <laughs> I, I don't know what the like real lesson is there, but I, I guess I should have, I should have peeled, peeled. <laughs> I don't think there's any you should have. Peeled the caulking <laughs> around it and like caulked it myself. I don't know. I've been thinking really long and hard about this, about like what is the right way to inspect some of that behind the scenes <sighs> stuff. But you, you have to do it. Um, yeah. But we. Checklist. I will say what we've done is we've been super responsive to the tenant whenever they let us know. Cause we, you know, particularly with water, we want to encourage that behavior. So like, you know, we basically got an air conditioner unit. We installed it for them. Uh, like a little window banger cause the place doesn't have AC, you know, it's kind of like a small thank you for letting us know about that stuff. So yeah. Uh, you know, you're so kind. Well, yeah. Um, I once had somebody install shower surround, and there's plastic on the shower surround, and he did caulk it. So kudos <laughs> to him. But he left the plastic like Saran film. wrap on it. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so like you could peel off the plastic, but then it was all stuck in the caulking. Oh man. Um, so that was cool. Yeah, I don't know that those surrounds are actually supposed to have like there's special surround uh, adhesive. Yeah. I don't know. And 
because it's supposed to be semi-removable and liquid nails is not semi-removable. It's also not like a waterproof, you know, you want like waterproof silicon, basically. So anyway. Yeah, I don't know how much behind the surround matters, but around the edges is pretty. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. Around the edges. Yeah. Yeah, so that actually kind of plays into what I was thinking here. Um, I learned this week to be very clear with instructions and timing of when things happen. So just today, I went to do an occupancy inspection for approval for somebody to move into an apartment. Um, in this particular area, the fire department needs to come in. A, it's a money grab, basically, but you pay them. I don't even remember how much money. A couple hundred dollars, a hundred dollars, maybe. And they uh, and they come, they inspect it, and they give you the privilege of renting your apartment to someone else. Um, it's technically for safety, so I guess can't really fault them too much. But we had a contractor uh, finish the work. The work was done. Normal guy that we use. Don't really have to baby him um, at all, ever. But he asked us what we wanted him to change the keypad lock to. And we usually ask the tenant, what do you want the keypad lock to be? And we just change it to whatever they want it to be with the thought that the contractor will change it when we tell them to change it. So he just changed it after he installed it before the occupancy inspection. And I go there today and I open it and there's all this stuff. There's like a TV, a fish tank. Like everything in there was supposed to be a vacant apartment. And I like shut the door and I called my property manager and I was like, and her name's Kayla. And I was like, Kayla, what did somebody like, am I at the wrong apartment? I thought we were supposed to be doing C today. She's like, yeah, that's the one. And I was like, there's fish in here. Like, I don't know. And then she's like, ah, oh, blah, blah, blah. She complained about the tenant on the phone. And I was like, well, I don't know what to do. She's like, well, let me give him a call. He'll come and move it. I was like, this dude showed up in 10 minutes. Thankfully, the fire chief guy was cool. And there wasn't a bed in there. The guy didn't move his bed yet, thankfully. And I was like, yeah, I'm sorry, man. I was trying to think of some good way to put it. But I just, best answer is always the truth anyway. So I just told him what happened. And he's like, yeah, that's fine. I'll, you know, we've done other apartments for you. We know that you know that they're not supposed to live here before we approve it. And I was like, okay, that works. But that could have really, yeah, could have been a really big, not a huge issue, but a very big pain in the butt. Cause yeah. then he could have failed it. Then you have to pay $50 for him to come back. I have to drive over there again and do it. And I don't like going anywhere. So <laughs> would have had to do it again. COVID taught me that I'd be totally cool being totally retired be 100 well, awesome yeah plus your tenant would not think like oh yeah i probably was a little bit eager moving in he would have been like my landlord sucks and now i gotta move my stuff twice or three times <laughs> yeah. right i i guess uh over under 15 percent chance that <laughs> now that we told him we told him he needs to move it back until his lease starts so He's moving from one apartment in the building to another apartment in the building. Uh, so so that's why it even happened. Because he's already at the place where he, he's just moving from one to the other. Um, 
over under 15% chance he actually moves his stuff out of the unit. No, so I give you a 15% chance. He's not doing what, it. You don't think so? Less than 15 for you then? Under? I mean, it's just binary. He does or he doesn't. I bet he doesn't. <laughs> I, don't, I don't need a... <laughs> Zero. Yeah. Zero is John's answer. Yeah, man. There's no way he's going to... He, move his fish? No shot. This guy, and I'm only saying this because I know he does not listen to our podcast because we have what right now? 50 listeners? Shouldn't say that, but whatever. Self-deprecating. Um, <laughs> he uh, he treads the line between pain in the butt and totally not renewing very, very closely. Like some days I'm like, I don't, I do not want to renew this guy. Like just does things that are sometimes in a way he just has a way but then he like redeems himself and you're like oh he's very good for the building it's like that this just this person that is just good enough to keep around and i don't know he probably takes up 20 percent of our effort i think just that one that one individual for the building or for all your properties Maybe for all the properties. Well, then why There's are you keeping a... them? That's terrible. <laughs> he does good things for the property. He vacuums all hallways. He mows lawns. He like bro any any trash on the property he gets rid of. I'll vacuum your hallways. And... No, you won't. <laughs> Cut your grass. Yeah, for the right price. For fifteen bucks a month. For twenty percent of your energy. Yeah. <laughs> How do we even quantify that? I don't know. Nine and a half percent times fifteen percent times something else. You're the math guy. Eighty percent of the time, it works. Twenty percent of the time. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So that's that. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't have anything else to say about that. All right. I believe you, man. Well, let's send them off. Why don't you tell them where they can find you? Yeah. So you can find me at four one two agent on Instagram. My website's four one two agent dot com. Um, and then on bigger pockets, you can find me. I blog occasionally. Um, so you can find some of that. Uh, yeah. How about you? What should they search for? for on what? Agent? On bigger pockets? Um, yeah, no, 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 that's not my, I don't take that name legally. Uh, it's <laughs> it, just my name, Anthony Angotti on oh. bigger pockets. You'll find me that way. Anthony Angotti. Yeah. For me, the podcast is over at BeFreeRE on Instagram. We have BeFreeRE.com and as always, you can call us with your name, where you're calling from, and your question. Our number is 412-212-8366. All right, Tony. Have a good night. Perfecto. <laughs> That's it for this week's episode. Check us out on Instagram at BeFreeRE, on the web at www.BeFreeRE.com, and give us a call with your name, where you're calling from, and what your question is. 412-212-8366. Catch you next time.